No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that when David is hiding in a cave from King Saul, he prays for mercy and sets his heart to praise God. But he has a different prayer for the wicked. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. What do you do when the king of the land is pursuing you to kill you? Like a lion might pursue a gazelle. Well, you hide. And that's exactly what David did while Saul was seeking to take his life. David hid in a cave with his men. But he also wrote Psalm 57. Writing songs was how David often dealt with trouble in his life. Psalm 57 says to the chief musician set to do not destroy a victim of David when he fled from Saul into the cave. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I think it's interesting that David says here, be merciful to me, and he repeats it. Oh God, be merciful to me. Why is that? Well, probably because David realized he needed a lot of mercy. And I think the more that we see ourselves in the light of God, the more we realize how much we fall short and how much mercy we need. And so David cried out for that. But then he said, I find refuge beneath your wings. And so what did he mean by that? Well, there's two different interpretations. One is that he's speaking of the Lord being like a mother hen that gathers her brood beneath her wings and there is shelter, protection beneath the wings of that bird. Or it could be that he's looking up more heavenly to the wings of the cherubim in heaven that David would find refuge there beneath God's wings as it were beneath the cherubim. Either way, it's a place of refuge It's a place of safety until the storm, until the calamities, until the danger passes by. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. Selah, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. So David would cry out, to God most high. Who do you cry out to when things are rough and you're in trouble? If God is most high, then he's higher than any enemy you face or any problem you face. Now, I like what David says here. He says, God who performs all things for me. Do you know that that is the secret to victorious Christian living? It's recognizing that Christ is in you, the hope of glory, And it is walking in his all-sufficient grace that works powerfully in you to accomplish his will. You can strain at the oars or you can set your sails to catch the wind of the Spirit and let God propel you to the destination he has in mind for you. Now, David said that God would send from heaven and save him. You know, when God commands his angels to save us, Well, then who can resist his will? What enemy can thwart God's mighty salvation? He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. 
Do you have an enemy who threatens to consume you? Then trust in the Lord to reproach him or her in his time. David knew all the efforts Saul was making to destroy him. And David would not lay a hand on Saul himself, but he did trust in God to take care of him. He would be the glad recipient of God's mercy and truth. Do you have that expectation of the Lord? My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Selah. So David pictures three different traps, if you will. Uh, First, a lion's den. He pictured himself as being in the lion's den with these hungry lions ready to consume him. Then he sees himself as being the victim of a fiery mob whose teeth are spears, their tongues are a sharp sword. They're just ready to just slice and dice him. And then finally he sees that he's like a bird with his feet caught in a net or like an animal that would fall into a pit that they had dug for him. Uh, All of these entrapments to take David's life. And yet in the midst of this, he says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. I love that. And this is the secret of how David was able to rise above these dangers is that he would praise the Lord even in the midst of them because he knew ultimately God was most high. God was greater than all of these entrapments of his enemies to seek to destroy his life. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. So earlier he said, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful. Here he says, my heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. He repeats it, showing the steadfastness that David had in the Lord, in his promises that he was trusting in God completely because he knew that God would be faithful to his character, faithful to his word, and therefore he could sing and give praise even in the midst of trouble. I like this, awake my glory, awake lute and harp, I will awaken the dawn. You know, David was a worship leader, a musician. He worshiped the Lord through his song. And I have known worship leaders that this is how they begin their personal devotions. They'll just start singing a worship song. And I kind of envy that. I think I should do that more, just singing a song to the Lord, awakening the dawn, sort of the idea of pushing the dawn forward, getting up before dawn and uh, before the sun comes up, just praising the Lord. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations for your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth under the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Again, praising God in persecution, exalting him, lifting up his mercy, his truth, his glory above the heavens. He's above all. He's above all your enemies and all your troubles. And ending the psalm on that, on the positive note of recognizing God's all-sufficient sovereignty over David's problems. So that's Psalm 
57 was what you might consider more reserved, for David did not want to raise his own hand against King Saul, who was the Lord's anointed. After all, Saul was not only king of Israel, but he was also David's father-in-law. But in Psalm 58, David calls for God's unrestrained judgment against the wicked. Psalm 58, do you indeed speak righteousness, you silent ones? Do you judge uprightly, you sons of men? No, in your heart you work wickedness. You weigh out the violence of your hands in the earth. David is accusing these wicked ones of being silent. In other words, they didn't speak up when they should have. To remain silent while the wicked deceive, oppress, and destroy is to be an accomplice in their wickedness. As Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Now, if we would testify of righteousness, well, we must also testify and speak against wickedness. All judges will give an account to God. And so David is saying here, do you judge uprightly, you sons of men? Now, the judges will give an account to God, whether they sit on the Supreme Court or as a parent arbitrating disputes between siblings. You know, if you're a parent, you're a judge as well. Are we just in making right and impartial judgments? David condemned those judges who perverted justice by doing or permitting violence, letting the guilty be acquitted, uh, probably for personal gain, or they just didn't want to deal with it. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking wise. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear, which will not heed the voice of charmers charming ever so skillfully so when do wicked people begin to go astray david says it starts as soon as they are born they start speaking lies and it's interesting you don't have to teach your kids how to tell lies they manage to figure that one out on their own but it happens right from birth and they have the poison of a serpent so the things coming from their mouth is like a venomous poison that destroys other people but they're also like the deaf cobra that stops its ears doesn't pay any attention to the voice of the charmer and i think what david is saying here is that these wicked people pay no attention to the the charming wisdom of god by the holy spirit the truth that they could respond to instead they just turn a deaf ear to it and are like these deaf cobras. Break their teeth in their mouth, O God. Break out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them flow away as waters which run continually. When he bends his bow, let his arrows be as if cut in pieces. Let them be like a snail, which melts away as it goes, like a stillborn child of a woman, that they may not see the sun. So, Break their teeth in their mouth. If they're like poisonous serpents, then break their venomous fangs. If they are like young lions, then you know tear out their teeth so they can't do any damage to the innocent. If they can't say or do anything good, then you know break out their teeth so they can't destroy their innocent 
victims. May they flow away as the waters that run continually. You don't think anymore about the water that just flowed by. You know, you don't remember it. It just goes out into the ocean. And so David is saying, let them be like that. Nobody remembers them. They just flow away. And that's the end of them. May their arrows be chopped in pieces. So the things that they seek to destroy the righteous with, that they're chopped up and of no value. And may they melt away like a snail. Now, when I was a kid, you know, I used to take salt and pour them on snails, you know, or slugs, and you watch them sort of shrivel up. <laughs> and it's sort of cruel, I suppose. But of course, they destroy your garden. And so uh, may they just sort of shrivel up and be nothing like a snail, you know. Before your pots can feel the burning thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind. As in his living and burning wrath, the righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that men will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely he is a God who judges in the earth. So the wicked are preparing their pots of evil stew by which they're going to destroy the righteous. And David says, even while their thorns are burning before the heat reaches the pot, let the whirlwind, you know, blow them away so they're gone and they can do no harm. And the righteous will rejoice when they see God's vengeance. There's nothing wrong with rejoicing when the wicked get what's coming to them, you know, and we rejoice with God's justice. Why? Because there is a reward for the righteous. God will bring forth his mercy to those who love him, who trust in him, but he will also bring his judgment against the wicked. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where Saul sends his men to kill David in his home. David prays that God will deliver him. He can wait on the Lord, for God rules over the nations. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.